0: Greetings everyone, my name is Dr. Asha and you're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast and this is episode number seven. Well hi everyone. I've just completed just a slight re-record at the beginning of the podcast because I wanted to come back to this podcast just to say thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to episode number six What a fantastic response to that podcast. And I just wanted to sort of do a slight re-record so that you know that I'm listening and you know that I appreciate you all taking the time to listen to what I have to share. So thank you. Now, in this week's episode, the title of the podcast is Don't Get Sad, Get Even." How to turn negatives into positives to live your best life. And I wanted to do this edition because it kind of mirrors a lot of the talk work that I do. And when I speak to people, I often find that people are voyeurs into the lives of other people. And this is because sometimes they feel like their life isn't going anywhere And it feels like everyone else's life is going places, but yours is stuck on stupid. It seems like everyone else has the exciting jobs. Everyone's got a good promotion. Everyone else seems to be earning great money. Everyone else is pushing the idea you had and seems to be making it work for them. And everyone else seems to be traveling and globetrotting or seems to have moved into good spaces in their life. And when you look at your life, your life just feels the same your life not only feels like it's not going anywhere but at times it just feels as if your life is going backwards Now, I don't mean you personally I'm talking about you collectively us collectively so you start asking yourself the question when is my life going to pick up when are things going to start happening for me am I capable of achieving anything at all And what I want to say is that when we start to feed the doubt monster that lives in our minds, we know that misery loves company. So we begin to look for evidence of our failure so that we can graduate ourselves as our own secret fool or failure. And just to make sure no one comes along to try to make us feel we are being too harsh on ourselves We pick up our mobile phones and we go straight to social media to begin our day of comparing our lives to people who we think are doing great in comparison to us. Now, add to this the kind of experiences we have to go through in the workplace. And sometimes we don't even feel like getting up in the morning. Imagine what it must feel like if you're going through racism or unfair treatment at work And you're already down about yourself. You're more likely to lead yourself into feelings of low mood. If you compound how you're feeling by surrounding yourself with a no hope outlook for your future. And I'm saying that because I've been there. But my response to that is to say that in situations like this. I want us to do a complete 180 degrees. I don't want us to get sad. I want us to get even. And there's never been a better time to have the right to be self-determining. Let me tell you what I mean. I remember having to take a race discrimination case to an employment tribunal Now, a lot of you might not know this, but I was being racially abused at work for years. The department manager where I used to work used to refer to me as the black bee. He used to say to me, "Oi, black bee, go and make that tea. You, black bee, go and post this letter. Go and do this. Go and do that. And at the time I put up with that. And I turned the pain I felt in on myself and I didn't tell anyone what was going on. Why? I mean, people know me, you know, that I'm the most confident person ever. But why? Why didn't I tell anyone? Because I felt like I was failing and I did not want to hurt my family. My mum at the time was really proud that I'd got that job. Now, through this podcast, you're going to hear a lot about my mum because she was such a major inspiration in our lives. But on top of that, she was really funny. So my mum was really proud that I would got that job because I went to a convent school and I deliberately failed all my GCSEs except my English, which I sat on the day because I was bored, and my RE, because I saw it as an opportunity to slay racist education that I'd been subjected to. So my plan was always to fail my exams, then go to college, redo my exams in peace, and then go to university. But my mum had other plans for me. Now, remember, I'm telling you a story of why I never said anything when I was being racially abused at work. So my mum had other plans for me. I'd been interviewed by my careers officer and unbeknown to me, I'd been interviewed for an office job and I got that job. And when I was told I got the job, I didn't want the job because, of course, I had plans to go to college and then to uni. But when I told my mum, I got this job, but I'm not taking the job because I'm going to uni. I will never forget the way she looked at me. And then she said, college, college. I send you to a good school and you fail all your exams. And now you're telling me you want to go to college. You're not going to no college. You're going to work. You had your chance and played around. And now you want to go back? No. Phone the people and tell them you will start the job on Monday. So that's what I did. And no sooner had I started that job, I wanted to leave because of the way I was being treated by this man. He thought it was funny to call me racist names every day whilst I was at work for four years solid. And being one of the few black people at work, there was nowhere for me to turn. And I definitely couldn't tell my mum I wanted to leave. I couldn't tell anyone. And I blamed myself and I thought it was me. But eventually, I went to the union. I remember that trade union I talked about in episode one when I started work. This was the same union that, you know, where the woman stood over me and told me, look, just sign here or you can't work here. Anyway, I went to the union for help and they refused to help me saying that, oh, this is just office banter and it's happening everywhere and you just need to get a sense of humour. I've never forgotten how low I felt in those moments because I remember how trapped I felt and I was sad for such a long time. I saw everyone else's life going places and I felt that mine was just stuck on racism and stuck on stupid with this man abusing me every day and I felt trapped. I couldn't go back and go to college because, well, I'd have to find somewhere else to live and I couldn't go forward because I was being racially abused. So I felt trapped and I felt that everybody else's life was going somewhere. But I was lucky I met some good people. Remember I talked about surrounding yourself with good people? I met some good people who taught me not to turn this experience in on myself and make myself low. They taught me that instead of getting sad, I needed to look for ways to get even And they taught me that getting even wasn't about trying to waste energy trying to hurt the man who was hurting me. No. They taught me that my focus needed to be on freeing myself from the circumstances that put me in a position where I felt I had no choice but to go to a job I hated. So I started reading and researching And in between all of this, I went back to university eventually and I learned that everyone has something they can do to earn extra money, to start saving, to free themselves. I had no idea because I wasn't thinking like that. I was educated to have a job. I was never educated to think that I could be a business owner, that I could start my own little side hustle and make all of this new money. I was never educated about that. I was educated for a job and a lowly job at that. So at the time when I was being told that I could earn this extra money to free myself, I found it hard to believe because I didn't think I could do anything else except go to work, be called a black bee and dream about how I could shorten the life of the man who was making my life hell. But after a while, and with a little help, I learned that I could do better. I learned that I could do a better job as my own employment rights advocate. And from that moment, I learned to represent myself at work. And after learning to represent myself at work, I then set about helping other people and I became passionate about this employment rights thing. Now, after I'd helped a lot of people, quite a few years went by, I managed to get myself out of the job, away from this man and into another job. And that's when I began to grow. I used my passion for employment rights to manoeuvre myself away from this man and then I started to help other people to do the same and then I began to have thoughts about turning my passion into something I could sell and in 2011 I set up my employment rights business and today that business as you know is called Employment Rights Online. Now what I want to say is that the key is not to compare your life to others because your life is for you. On the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, I talk about the importance of you having to make your own made-it milestones and not use other people's milestones to judge your successes. With Living Your Best Life in Africa, your made-it milestones will be for you because you will have crafted them and built them from the ground up. You'll know every inch of your milestones and goals and you'll have confidence that you can achieve them because your made it milestones will be linked to your passions. Your passions being the one thing, like me at the time, that you will know you can depend on. The one thing you know that you are good at. I knew That I wasn't really good at anything at the time, but I knew this employment rights stuff like the back of my hand. And I had the support to believe in myself that I could do something with it to get myself away to a life where I could have life chances and life choices that suited me. Now, I know that, you know, everybody's life is different. But I believe you can still live your best life, even if your life doesn't have the good job, the career prospects, the good relationship, children, your own home, and money left at the end of every month. I believe that with a pulse and some passion, you can make it. If you're able to navigate yourself into a positive space where you're clear about what is for you and what is not for you, you can fight your way through sadness, disappointment, and all this useless messaging that invades our minds and convinces us that we're stuck in a rut and going nowhere for the next 30 years. I firmly believe you can start to work out a path for yourself. I don't believe that I'm the only person that can do this. The key here is not to stay stuck not to think that doing nothing will change things for you because it won't. What changed things for me was me. That man was having the time of his life making my life a misery and had no intention of changing anything. It was me that had to change and tell myself I was better than him and find a way to prove this to myself. And what I learned is that all you need to change your life is a pulse and the will to change, passion to change, because both these things get you up off your knees and will harness your drive to make something happen, no matter how small. When you take control of your life like this, you are more likely to build the life you want rather than reacting to the pressure other people put on you to be something or someone you don't want to be, working somewhere you don't want to work. Instead, you have the right to create a life that works for you so you can live your life and be okay with the decisions you make for your life. You have the right to move forward with the things that you are passionate about rather than staying stuck In the things that are not fulfilling you. In episode three of the podcast, if you can cast your minds back that far, I spoke about the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. So seek out people who will be supportive of the life you want to lead and the passions you want to pursue. These kind of people are much more likely to get why you're so wedded to your passion. And they will help you because these people will just want to see you make it happen. It's a lot like the spirit you see when you travel around Africa and the Caribbean. And when I put those two together, I like to call them the Africas. When you're traveling around the Africas, you see people who are making it happen. In fact, you're surrounded by them. And in a lot of ways, people in the Africas have no choice but to use their passion to make something happen because there's no welfare state in the africas in the africas you have two choices it's make something happen or go hungry so people make something happen and people support each other with their passions and try to make things happen people find all kinds of ingenious ways to develop their passion into something they can use to hustle money let me give you an example in the west People buy coffee on their way to work like there's going to be a coffee famine. We see all manner of coffee shops on the road selling coffee 300 ways. Meanwhile, in Malawi where I live, people don't buy coffee on their way to work. They buy a kind of maize porridge drink called tobwa, which they drink in shots or in bottles as they go to work. Now, the thing about this is that whole communities support each other to make a living off Tobwa. And some people are passionate about their Tobwa craft. Tobwa is spelled T-H-O-B-W-A. They think of all kinds of ingenious ways to attract customers to their stall so that the customer buys from them so that they can make a little money on their side hustle. Because most people in Malawi have two and three multiple income streams. They're not like us here with the one job. They've got farms. They've got a little side business. They're selling vegetables. They're making tobwa. And they're using all their different skills and passions to try to make a raise. The passion and sense of belief that they have in their products is second to none And I can guarantee you that that Thobwa seller is not looking at Costa or Starbucks or whatever the equivalent would be in Malawi. And there's no Facebook or Instagram to influence the way they think their life should be. These sellers just get on with it, motivated by their passion. With the little they have and the little they make, the sellers are focused on their thing. And they're not looking at anybody else's fake reality, no matter how much it's pushed in their face. So when you surround yourself with like-minded people, these people become an asset to your life plan and they support you to get things done. So don't wish your life away or compare your life to others when you're at low points in your life. Instead of falling foul of our low moods and our frustrations, our own stagnation, it's better to understand when this is happening so you can conk yourself in your own forehead and deal with it and keep it moving. The key is to take stock of what's truly happening because this is when you will see that you are doing some really great things. It's just that you might not have enough focus on them. This is when you'll see that with some careful planning, you can start something from your passion and grow it to a point where you can use that passion to take charge of your life and change your life. It's about recognising that every person has their own personal war going on behind closed doors and when you're at war, any progress you make is progress still and must be positively recognised. I understand the frustration, especially if you're trapped in a life that you hate. It's easy then to wish your life was like someone else's, but I promise you, the answer is not to covet someone else's life. The answer is not to stay still and do nothing. What is for you is for you, and the next step is for you to get excited for you and start to take steps towards your own amazing. Tell yourself it's time to make a plan for your future and then take steps to make that plan. If you want me to help you, I'll help you. I'll be your like-minded person. If you recognise yourself in what I'm saying and you want some help to start making A plan towards your own amazing, then all you need to do is register for a place on a free online masterclass that I'm going to be running in June. I'm going to start things off at a really basic level so that you don't feel like you need to have a degree in order to get started with this thing. I'm going to run this masterclass in June. Now, places are limited. I've only got a certain number of places because I'm using a particular online platform. So if you want me to be your like-minded person, or you just want to listen and see what's going on, click the link below in the show notes and secure your spot. In that masterclass, I'm going to take you through the seven passion areas you can use to make new money to buy yourself out of your job and begin to live your best life. If you want to make a start, this is it. Don't miss it. Just click the link to register, and I'll send you a confirmation email straight away, letting you know that you're in the masterclass. The one thing that I want you to take away from this week's discussion is that progress is relative and it's all about your amazing. Always remember that reward is in progress, not perfection. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. If you want to stay in touch with the podcast, click the link below and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast you can also leave me a review and let me know what you think. Don't forget to follow the links in the show notes to register for my free masterclass. Until next week, thanks for listening and continue to focus on living your best life in Africa. I'm Dr. Asha and I'm out.